Dr. Arthur Perry, he's one of the top plastic surgeons. He's got offices in Manhattan, New Jersey. You know, and he's been doing a show here on WOR for years and years and years. Very uh, popular show and a great plastic surgeon. Everybody has questions on this subject, so uh, he's the guy to ask. Dr. Arthur Perry. Don, the public wants to know. The public doesn't give a damn. And I went to his office, and I said, mm. I said, look at my face. And he goes, yeah, look at your face. We're going to do with your face. What can you do with his face? I go like that. I swear to God. I go, look at this. I'm getting old. I said, I want to maybe you could fix it up a little bit. Dr. Oz, are you there? I'm here, Arthur, and I want to get applaud you, having worked with you on a book and numerous other activities. You want to talk to Arthur Perry? The best in plastic surgery. Remarkable knowledge, but also your grace at delivering content, which is why it's been a blessing to have you on my show so many times. When I was a resident at the University of Chicago, we had a... That means you're smart. As a really, really gifted physician, uh, I want to pay you the, the highest tribute I can give to a surgeon, which is when people come to you, they don't come for an operation, they come for an opinion. And that's why I trust you with my uh, friends and relatives. I didn't realize we were going to get the Michael Jordan of plastic surgeon. 90210 bows to this guy. And welcome. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. And I hope you're all having a, a bundled up weekend. It's freezing out there, isn't it? It's, it's really cold. And tomorrow, you know, that snow is coming. And you know what that means. That means I'm headed west. <laughs> I'm not staying around for no, really. Come on now. It's going to snow. I don't think so. It really will. Well, hopefully not too bad. Well, this isn't the weather show. This is the show about you, about what you look like when you look in the mirror, when you see the wrinkles around your eyes, the sagging skin of your brows, of your eyelids, of your jowls, the extra skin in your neck. That's what this show is all about. It's about turkey gobblers. It's about sagging breasts, and it's about cellulite. That's right. This is the Plastic Surgery Show here on WOR, and we've been doing this for quite a long time. You can become part of the show by giving me a call. 800-321-0710 is the phone number here at WOR. We're live tonight, as we are almost every week. 800-321-0710 is the phone number. Give me a call. Tonight, we're going to be giving away bars of clean time soap. And you say, who cares? You know, a bar of soap? What's so special about a bar of soap? You know what? This is a special bar of soap, and people who have used Clean Time Soap, they know that because uh, I actually have three patents on my Clean Time Soap. No one can come close to this one. It is my best product, maybe. Yeah, and it's the forgotten stepchild of skincare. Think about it. Who talks about soap? But soap can be the most injurious thing that you use each day. If you use a bad soap, you change the acidity of your skin. You change the pH of your skin. Your skin is supposed to be acid. Remember the pH scale? Remember that from 10th grade? You know, lemons are like 2. The scale goes from 0 to 14. I'll remind you. 0 to 14, 7 is water. That's right in the middle. It's neutral. And everything higher than 7 is alkaline, like baking soda and lye. And lye is what they make soap out of, by the way. So uh, it's alkaline by nature and by definition. Soap is all alkaline. But your skin lives at a pH of 5.5, slightly acidic. And the reason it does that is so that bacteria and fungus have a hard time surviving in acidic skin. So when you soap up, when you use soap that has a pH over 7, which is almost everything you see, almost every, I won't name names, but uh, you can pretty much guess all the names of the soap that's over pH 7. When you do that for almost six hours, you kind of mess around with the pH of your skin, and it gives bacteria and fungus a chance to proliferate, and they will. Just think of that piece of cheese 
that sits out from the refrigerator. It doesn't take many hours for it to turn bad, and that's what happens to your skin during the period of recovery, and it takes up to six hours to recover from an alkaline soap. That's not good. That causes inflammation. It causes a little bit of redness. It causes oily skin because oil is one of the defenses against those bacteria. But if you use the right kind of soap, that's clean time. That's what I'm talking about. My soap that, yeah, I came up with it. I really did. I did not, uh, I did not go to a company and say, just put one of your, uh, my name's on one of your bars of soap. I made it from the ground up in my kitchen, literally. And I experimented, and I came up with, uh, I think, the best soap. It's pH 5.5. There are no, sulfate, no sulfates in it. So we don't have sodium lauryl sulfate or any of those things that cause irritation. In fact, I used something that you would eat. It's called soap bark, Chilean soap bark, otherwise known as kiaja, which is a very nice word to say, kiaja. That's the one that actually causes the frothing of my soap. It's edible. It comes from a plant in Chile. So uh, you can, and, and actually my pet pig actually ate a bar of my soap. I took a picture of it. I don't recommend that, but uh, yeah, I have one, but uh, that's Albert for you. Anyway, so uh, clean time. That's what we're giving out today, bars of clean time. We've already got some phone calls. 800-321-0710 is the phone number here at WOR. And uh, let's go to Harry. Harry, what can I do for you? What's your wrinkle? Hey, Dr. Perry, God bless you and yours and Noah, too. He deserves a raise. I want to ask a couple of questions. <laughs> you hear that, Noah? <laughs> All right. Sorry, Harry. Go ahead. That's okay. Um, rosacea. I've had rosacea. I used to have perfect skin. I went through my teens. Well, up until uh, I was exposed to defective um, smallpox, and, uh, which actually, inoculation actually became smallpox. I was quarantined when I was in the Marines. But the point I'm making is I had a, a, it, it affected my the face to the point where I've had to wear a beard for 13 years because the rosacea is so bad it looks like there's blood on my face. Now, would it, be, would it make sense to get plastic surgery? Could that cure it? Okay, let, let's talk about this. First of all, Harry, how old are you? 60, just 60. All right, so you're a young guy. You're very young, as a matter of fact, so that's good. So tell me about the symptoms of your rosacea. What do you actually have under that beard? Uh, a once handsome face which looks like when it flares up as if there's blood on my face. I mean red splotches from, from, uh, from my cheeks, on my chin. I mean, it really looks terrible. And I also had uh, an injury, and I had to have surgery, and MRSA came in after, and I was in quarantine after cancer surgery. But the thing is, uh, on my limb, and that every twice a year it opens up. And I go to the VA hospital, and they do a biopsy, and they say it's still, it's still um, benign. There's no wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, what opens up, your face or your limb? You're, uh, you're bouncing around here with this story. Both. My, on, on the face, it oozes. Okay. And, and, right. and on the, on the right. limb, on the First on the of all, skin. Harry, Harry, do you have a dermatologist? Well, they alternate at the VA, so you don't get the same person yeah. more than two but or you, But times. you do see a dermatologist, right? On occasion, yes. Okay, because rosacea is a chronic condition of the skin that is characterized, for those of you who don't know what rosacea is, uh, you get the, uh, the name rosy, rosacea, red, because the capillaries of the face tend to, uh, to fill up with blood 
and they're they're kind of sparked by different foods, by alcohol, by smoking, by spicy foods, things like that. That tends to make it worse, uh, but it's a condition that takes years and years to fully develop. Its full name is acne rosacea because it's also characterized by pimples and breakouts uh, and a thickening of the skin in uh, typically a what's called a butterfly pattern. That means your cheeks, across your nose, and onto the other cheek. So it's a disease, well, I mean, you could call it a disease or a condition of the skin that absolutely requires the care of a dermatologist, not a plastic surgeon, but a dermatologist. I do get involved, and I'll tell you about that in a minute, but a dermatologist will help your skin uh, by treating with maybe antibiotics. Uh, that's possible. Things like uh, um, doxycycline. That's one of the drugs that's often used. That's an oral antibiotic. And there can be topical antibiotics also, things like Metrogel, which is metronidazole. Uh, there's a bunch of different ones. And then there are other drugs that are used. There's one called um, azelaic acid that's used uh, for it. And they can control some of the redness and the bacteria. So that has to be done. That really does because that will help uh, slow the progression of the condition called rosacea. I get involved when you come to me with a very red face and I laser those capillaries, and I'll do a session, uh, and we'll often do it every few years. And, and it's sort of like, uh, do you garden, Harry? What was that? Do you garden? Not so much anymore, but with, with a warmer climate, a drier climate, a sunnier climate, and ocean sea salt water, would that help it? <laughs> I don't know about that. But, but the reason I mentioned gardening is because those of you who garden know that you know, when you weed your garden, you're not just weeding it today. You weed it today. You weed it every week. And, and that's kind of what you do with rosacea. We, uh, we beat down the red capillaries, not just today, but maybe once a year or once every two years. We'll use this thing called a YAG laser, Y-A-G. And it is a, a color of the laser, a wavelength of the laser that is very specifically picked up by the red color in the capillary. Sometimes there's a little blue also. And sometimes we'll use two different wavelengths, two different colors of lasers. And we go through uh, the face, we treat the cheeks, and we'll decrease the intensity of the red coloration significantly. significantly. And the darker you are, by the way, the more effective the laser is. So if it's just a very mild blush, the laser does a little bit. But if it's a very intense red, the laser is very effective. In fact, so, uh, so effective that sometimes we actually have to give you a little bit of a steroid at the time of the lasering because uh, it can actually have such an effect that it causes swelling. Uh, but it's a very effective treatment. And, but that's the end result. Uh, actually, it actually goes further than that. If you've ever heard of the actor called Jimmy Durante who died about 25 years ago. Uh, Jim, do you remember him? One. What's that? He died in 1980, Doctor. Uh, wow, that's even that's forty years ago. That that shows you. Forty-one oh, years ago. Okay, you you're either very quick on the googling or you've got an incredible memory, Harry. Okay. Incredible memory. <laughs> All right, good. So Jimmy Durante uh, was uh, the archetype. He was a person with acne rosacea to the extreme, and he got something called rhinophyma. What a fancy big plastic surgery word, but what that is is a thickening of the skin. It's the end stage of, of acne rosacea. So you don't want to let it get to that point because then you get a big, thick skin. I've actually, there was one patient that I treated probably about 15 or 20 years ago 
who had such a growth of skin on his nose that I actually took off an inch of skin from his nose. And I remember that because it was quite remarkable for me. And I lifted up the skin of his nose and stretched uh, what was left out, and I took off a whole inch to make his nose look somewhat normal again. Very interesting operation. But that's where plastic surgeons get involved in this. But before you get to that point, Harry, see your dermatologist, get treated, and maybe get it under control so you don't need me. All right. Good night, doctor, wherever you are. Ah, thank you so much. I'm in the Upper East Side of Manhattan broadcasting uh, right here in Manhattan. They still won't let me in the studio. How about that? You know, the, the COVID thing is keeping us, uh, everybody, Len Berman is out of the state. They're all out of the studio now and all broadcasting a little bit remotely. So I'm looking at the lights of Manhattan from the Upper East Side. Harry, thanks so much for the phone call. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. We've got so much to the show. We're going to talk tonight about about skincare in pregnancy. Oh, boy, that's a topic, isn't it? You know, if you're pregnant, what can you put on your skin? Still look good and stay safe. We're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about some of the procedures that I did last week in my office. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle, 800-321-0710. We'll be back after these words. Did you know that most skincare is useless, even fraudulent, and often toxic? I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. I needed great skincare for my patients, but really could not find products that dramatically improve skin health. So I went to the books and I created a line of skincare that reduces the appearance of wrinkles and truly rejuvenates skin. I want everyone to try my products, and so for a limited time, I'm offering my Beauty in a Bottle Nighttime Serum at a great price. Normally, this is $65, but for WOR listeners, it's $40 plus shipping. Nighttime contains vitamins C and A, fruit acids, antioxidants, and skin brighteners. That's all you need for beautiful skin. It's so simple that your friends and relatives will be asking you, what are you doing to look so good? Go to drperrys.com, that's D-R-P-E-R-R-Y-S.com, or give us a call at 844-DR-PERRY. Use the WOR20 code for the discount. To learn more, listen every Saturday evening, 6 p.m., right here on WOR. Ladies, are you looking older than you feel? I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. Aging is inevitable. We all know that, but I can help you age gracefully. I start with Botox to lessen frown lines, and I use the new Restylane Kiss. What a great name! To, well, you know, give you more kissable lips. No duck lips here. And I smooth the jawline and plump marionette lines with Juvederm. We might remove unsightly blemishes or even reduce splotchiness and rejuvenate the skin with a chemical or laser peel, or I can thicken crepey skin with Ulthera. And for the most dramatic rejuvenation, I perform short scar face and neck lifts. Let's sit down in my Somerset, New Jersey, or Beverly Hills offices for an hour consultation and come up with a plan to help you look better. Give me a call at 833-PERRY-MD. That's 833-P-E-R-R-Y-M-D. Check me out on the web at perryplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me, Dr. Arthur Perry, every Saturday evening at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? And we're back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR, the show about you, the show about what you look like when you look in the mirror. You might be saying, who is this guy? I'm a board-certified plastic surgeon. I uh, trained at Harvard, Cornell, and the University of Chicago, some good places. I am certified by the American Board of Plastic Surgery. 
which by the way is the minimum requirement you should have for your plastic surgeon and it's an important requirement because it tells you that at least there's a knowledge base of uh, both uh, the book knowledge and the uh, practical knowledge. You have to actually present your cases, uh, your actual patients, and get uh, an oral quiz, which is uh, not quite a quiz. It's quite an intense experience. So I've been board certified since 1989. I'm on the faculty of Columbia University, that wonderful university in Manhattan. And uh, I'm an adjunct associate professor there and a clinical associate professor at Rutgers in New Jersey. So that's who I am. And I'm here to answer your questions, 800-321-0710, the questions that have been keeping you up at night. And this past week, I probably got how to be a dozen emails from patients and phone calls worrying. What do you think they were worried about this week? Everybody worries about the pandemic. Would it be a what's your wrinkle without mentioning this pandemic, which has been terrible and we're all hopefully starting to get our vaccines but only 6 million people in the United States. It's been kind of a, a very slow start. I wish they would get a little uh, faster. But, but one of the things that came out this past week, or about a few weeks ago, was that three patients who received the Moderna vaccine, that's the, uh, there's two out now, there's the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccine, three patients who had prior filler, wrinkle filler, with hyaluronic acid, developed swelling of their face. Three patients, okay, so how many uh, did they actually uh, vaccinate by then? At that point when they announced this, there were about 15,000 people vaccinated. Three people within two days of getting the vaccine, within two days, got swelling of their, uh, of their wrinkle filler. Isn't that something? And that is very disturbing. Now, uh, one of the patients, uh, they had wrinkle filler six months before, one had it two months before. The third patient, they, they, I don't know why, but they couldn't figure out when they had the wrinkle filler. Uh, but they did get this filler, and they got swelling, and everybody was very, very upset. But you know what happened? They gave them some steroids. Uh, they gave them other drugs, antihistamines, and it went down right away, and that's it. So no, uh, no long-term effects. A funny reaction. People don't quite understand why this happened, how this happened, but it did happen. So if you've had wrinkle filler, it's one of the things you have to watch out for. Uh, but please do not not get the vaccine because you've had wrinkle filler. And don't, could this be self-serving maybe, but don't stop and not have wrinkle filler because you're going to get the vaccine because we're talking about three in 15,000 people for an easily treatable condition. It's not like your lip fell off or something like that. So, so I've gotten so many patients and they've, you know, the, people that I've done filler on, people that were up going to have filler, and they're all worried. Are they going to get this terrible reaction? I wouldn't lose sleep over this one. I'd lose sleep over the pandemic, but I wouldn't lose sleep over this one. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry, board-certified plastic surgeon, host of the show. 800-321-0710 is the phone number. Give me a call. Ask me a good question. Got to be a good. I mean, it doesn't have to be great, but it has to be a legitimate question. And we'll send you a bar of clean time soap, and you say, ah, I want more. Well, you know, I mean, it is an expensive soap. It's not like a bar of ivory that's like 80 cents. This is a $16 bar of soap. I might, how could you use a $16 bar? Well, because I said it's the forgotten stepchild of skincare. And what does that mean? No one thinks about your soap. But when you use a bad soap, 
you remember it all day. Your skin remembers it all day. So start your day with clean time, which is a really nice soap. It froths nicely. It has, it's the only product that I make that I put fragrance in. I'm, I'm very anti-fragrance because 14% of the population is allergic to fragrance right off the bat. Uh, but if, if you've ever smelled some of those soaps that don't have any fragrance, and I won't mention names, but I have purchased all of them to do competitive analyses of you know, other people's soap, they're pretty bad. The soaps that have no fragrance, you use once and you throw them out because soap inherently does not smell good. So this is one that I had to put a fragrance in. So I searched for fragrances that had benefits because most do not. They just smell good. But there are two, and pretty much only two, that have proven aromatherapy benefits. That means they actually do something. They, uh, aromatherapy, when it works, can actually decrease blood pressure, decrease heart rate. Uh, it's a mood elevator in both normal people and people that have an agitated state, such as people with Alzheimer's disease. Isn't that interesting? So I chose lavender and lemon. The problem with lemon, though, lemon is a photosensitizer. Did you know that? That means if you put lemon juice on your skin or, you know, lemon, any form of lemon, uh, you actually are more likely to get sunburned if you go out in the sun. But, but there is a chemical within lemon juice, you didn't know this either, did you, that we can remove, that we did remove, that renders it not a photosensitizer. Hard word to say, by the way. So, so if you use the non-photosensitizing lemon and lavender, it gives it a wonderful fragrance. And it's not only not harmful, but has proven aromatherapy benefits. And that's what I put in my clean time. That's what we're giving out today. So give me a call. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. So, so now how many of you are planning on getting pregnant soon? Raise your hand. Or maybe you've been pregnant recently. And you're worried about skin care because anything you put on your skin could potentially get absorbed into your body, right? Well small molecules, not big molecules. So big things like hyaluronic acid, like collagen, I think they're fairly useless in skin care other than as a moisturizer that sits on the surface of the skin uh, because they can't get absorbed. They're too big a molecule. So I don't worry about those big things. But I do worry about other things that could potentially get in your body. The things that are really active, things like vitamin A. It's a small molecule. We know that Retin-A can get in your body. We know that Retinol. We know that Retinyl propionate, the one I put in my products, can get into your skin. And we know that because it does important things in your skin. It helps you look better. And we also know that vitamin C can get into your skin. Uh, it's a small molecule. We know that the, the alpha-hydroxy acids like glycolic acid and lactic acid can get into your skin. And things like niacinamide, which is vitamin B3, and panthenol, which is vitamin B5. Those are the things that actually can penetrate your skin. Now, whether they do anything or not, that's a whole different story, but they can get in. So what's the story? Sounds like a Seinfeld, right? You know, what's the story with these? Are they safe? Now, my attitude is that when you're pregnant, you should put almost nothing on your skin. You use soap. Uh, you know, you don't want to use a lot of things because a lot of things can penetrate your skin. And then the question is, are they safe? Do they do anything? Well, you know, the, the one we know the most about are the retinoids. 
the vitamin A drugs. And when people take things like uh, uh, Accutane, for instance, it's known to cause birth defects. It's a vitamin A drug. You eat it, high doses get in your body, and it's known to actually cause birth defects. But it goes beyond that. Vitamin A, there, there is a case study. It's a very famous case study where they looked at three people who ate these uh, fish livers that were chock full of vitamin A, and, uh, and they all got toxicity reactions, including one pregnant woman. Uh, not good, so you want to stay away from liver. Uh, you know, who would eat? I don't eat that. Uh, you know, I don't eat mammal, but that's a whole different story. Uh, but certainly, you know, liver has very high amounts of vitamin A, so if you're pregnant, you don't want to eat liver. Isn't that interesting? Because you get high amounts of vitamin A. So uh, we don't want vitamin A in pregnancy. It's known to cause birth defects. Well, what about vitamin A that you put on your skin? Now, what about that? That's uh, an interesting one, right? Uh, they say that retin-A doesn't get absorbed into the body. They say that retinol doesn't get absorbed into the body. And they say that mine doesn't get absorbed into the body. Those are scientific studies. But I'm not 100% convinced of that. And so I would absolutely err because we know that vitamin A is a proven, pu proven agent that causes birth defects and mutations when in high doses in pregnant people. Not in you if you're 65 and put it on your skin. And not if you're 14 and hopefully not pregnant uh, and you need Accutane for acne. But certainly we don't want to use vitamin A, in my opinion, even if the experts say that, you know, Retin-A and others don't get absorbed in your body. So I can't give you specific medical advice on this show. You know that. This is a, an information show. This is a show for entertainment, hopefully, also. Uh, but I personally would not put Retin-A or any of the vitamin A drugs on my skin if I were pregnant. And if I were pregnant, that would be news, right? But seriously, if, uh, if, you, uh, if your daughter gets pregnant, if... Uh, you are listening and are considering pregnancy, I would not advise using vitamin A. Well, what about vitamin C? What about zinc? What about the others? We're going to talk about those, but first, we are going to take a break. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR, the phone number 800-321-0710, 800-321-0710. Stay tuned because I have some very important information to tell you about products that you may or may not want to put on your skin during pregnancy. We'll be right back. Did you know that most skincare is useless, even fraudulent, and often toxic? I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. I needed great skincare for my patients, but really could not find products that dramatically improve skin health. So I went to the books and I created a line of skincare that reduces the appearance of wrinkles and truly rejuvenates skin. I want everyone to try my products, and so for a limited time, I'm offering my Beauty in a Bottle Nighttime Serum at a great price. Normally, this is $65, but for WOR listeners, it's $40 plus shipping. Nighttime contains vitamins C and A, fruit acids, antioxidants, and skin brighteners. That's all you need for beautiful skin. It's so simple that your friends and relatives will be asking you, what are you doing to look so good? Go to drperrys.com, that's D-R-P-E-R-R-Y-S.com, or give us a call at 844-DR-PERRY. Use the WOR20 code for the discount. To learn more, listen every Saturday evening, 6 p.m., right here on WOR. Ladies, are you looking older than you feel? I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. 
Aging is inevitable. We all know that, but I can help you age gracefully. I start with Botox to lessen frown lines, and I use the new Restylane Kiss. What a great name! To, well, you know, give you more kissable lips. No duck lips here. And I smooth the jawline and plump marionette lines with Juvederm. We might remove unsightly blemishes or even reduce splotchiness and rejuvenate the skin with a chemical or laser peel, or I can thicken crepey skin with Ulthera. And for the most dramatic rejuvenation, I perform short scar face and neck lifts. Let's sit down in my Somerset, New Jersey, or Beverly Hills offices for an hour consultation and come up with a plan to help you look better. Give me a call at 833-PERRY-MD. That's 833-P-E-R-R-Y-M-D. Check me out on the web at perryplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me, Dr. Arthur Perry, every Saturday evening at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? And we are back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. This is the show about you. So if you've got questions about what you look like, or if you have questions about maybe a surgical procedure that you're considering, and so many people, by the way, right now, this is a banner time. You know, I guess it's the silver lining. This is a terrible pandemic. But so many of my patients tell me, well, you know, why not have uh, surgery now? Because uh, I'm not going to miss as much work. I, I'm working from home. I've got a mask on. I can go back. So patients are coming in in record numbers. And it's really true. It's quite remarkable. They're having facelifts. They're having fillers, a lot of facial procedures. So uh, it's probably a good time to do it. You know, hopefully we're going to come out of this pandemic. Oh, maybe five or 10 years from now, we'll, uh, we won't have to wear masks. <laughs> it seems like that, doesn't it? It's a year already. It's a year. What are we doing? Well, that's a whole different story. All right. We have, uh, who do we have on the line, Noah? Nancy. Nancy, what can I do for you? What's your wrinkle? Oh, hi. Thank you for taking my call. I was wondering what you thought of this. Um, it's, I don't know what it is. It's an acid called polyglutamic acid. Uh-huh. Uh, well, it's a, it's a skin care ingredient. It's a, uh, that is a moisturizing ingredient, and uh, uh, it holds, uh, it holds um, uh, water in the skin. That's what mo- moisturizers do. Uh, so it's a reasonable uh, thing to use in skin care. It's one of the many things that uh, actually uh, helps moisturize. Oh, did you have a specific question about it? No, I, I was looking at my magazine that came in the mail today. Yeah, don't don't said... mention that. Don't mention the company that sells it, please. Uh, but I I don't have it in my products. I do know a well-known company does, and you know it's a uh, it's a moisturizing ingredient. There are many, there are many like that, and that works and it uh, it does what it's supposed to do. But it's not. Uh, you know, moisturizers only go so far. I, I've never been a big fan of moisturizers. And, uh, boy, it sounds hypocritical because I created one. It, doesn't that sound weird? But I really did. I created a moisturizer because as much as I say that most women don't need moisturizers, my uh, my wife, who has passed away, but my wife, uh, she told me, I'm not going to give up my moisturizer uh, and she didn't, and so I made one for her. I really did. I made a perfect, I thought a perfect moisturizer, one that wasn't greasy, one that had all the major components of moisturizers in it, things like ceramides and phytosphingosine, which is a very, very hard word to say, but it's a fun word to say. But it's a good moisturizing ingredient. It's a constituent of the skin, and it's a, a very helpful ingredient. And I had... Uh, Things like uh, you know olive oil and things like that. Really, a very nice uh, ingredients in my moisturizer, and 
then I, uh, I kind of changed my tune a little bit because I first created this about seven or eight years ago. Uh, but then I became better educated about the perimenopausal syndrome of dry skin, which I didn't appreciate as much a decade ago as I appreciate now, maybe because I'm getting older and many of my friends are perimenopausal. They're around the time of menopause. And, uh, and by decreasing the estrogen levels of your skin, uh, boy, you know, your skin really for a time before, during, and several years after until your skin acclimates, it really is quite dry at the time of uh, menopause. And so for a number of years, I do think that, that a moisturizer is a very good thing to put on your skin. Not everyone needs it. I don't think men need a moisturizer. Sorry, very bad sales tactic, by the way, to sell a moisturizer and say someone doesn't need it. And certainly... Teenagers don't need it, and 20-year-olds don't need it, except this week. How about this week? You go inside. If you measure the humidity in your house or your apartment this week, when it was 18 last night in New York, and you have to run the heat up to 68 or 72 degrees, the relative humidity in your apartment becomes arid. It becomes under 20%, which is considered an arid condition. It, in many homes, it's under 10%. That's why people buy humidifiers, but the problem with those is the bacteria, and it becomes a vicious cycle. So moisturizer is very helpful in that situation. So, uh, you know, we kind of went on and on. Uh, we went from your topic to my topic. Did I answer your question? Moisturizer. <laughs> All right. Thank you so okay. much. And I Thank use your soap, too. But can I just tell you one thing? Yes, when I, only when if I it's watch a good thing. No complaints. I'm uh, kidding. No, I just want I want your I want your I want your your help. Well, well, maybe because I I'm using your moisturizer, so it'll probably help. But when I wash my face with your soap, some, yes. my face feels tight. So then I put your moisturizer on. Well, that's unusual. Uh, it is because my it's usually a sulfate that causes a tight feeling of your face. Really? Uh, here's the real question: What shampoo do you use? Do you have sulfates in your shampoo? Because I have so many of my patients that tell me exactly that when they come out of the shower. Is it then that you feel no, tight? No, no, no. I don't. No? I wash oh, my. I, I wash my hair. <laughs> I wash my hair in a laundry uh, tub. I don't want to get any hair down the shower drain. And I use um, Burt's Bees shampoo. Okay, and I like Burt's Bees because Burt's Bees doesn't have sulfates in it. That's one of the ones I recommend to my patients until the day, until the day that I come out with a shampoo, then I won't recommend it. Oh, <laughs> well, you should ser- come out. No, I'm kidding. With All you. right. But well, seriously, anyway. uh, no, so that is an unusual thing. And, and look, there is no question that you could have a contact dermatitis to almost anything. And it does sound like, uh, you know, when you talk about a tight feeling, uh, it's a mild contact dermatitis. Even my soap. I mean, you can be allergic to virtually anything, and I have a number of ingredients in the soap that you could be sensitive to. And if you are, the very, very mild cases of, of contact dermatitis are ameliorated. That's a, another one of those words. They're made better by things like moisturizers. And if it's really bad, you have to use a, a steroid, but the problem with using a steroid on your skin is thinning of the skin and side effects of steroids, even 1% hydrocortisone, so you don't want to do that for a long time. Uh, but, you know, it sounds like that. But my soap, it's really unusual. I wonder if anyone else out there has had that re- my rea- the reaction that you're describing to my soap because I'll be very honest with you. I haven't heard about that. So okay, thank you well, for calling, but uh, too bad you have it. Well, I use your moisturizer afterwards, so it helps. And it's a great moisturizer, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it really it is. I'm, it is. <laughs> I'm so biased I created it, but it's true. Good. Okay. <laughs> it really is. Well, All thank right. You. Thanks so much for the phone call. I appreciate it. I'm Dr. Even though, even though we heard about some tightness of your skin, but what, hey, what can you do? 
I'm Dr. Arthur Perry, board-certified plastic surgeon, host of What's Your Wrinkle? 800-321-0710 is the phone number here at WOR. So we were talking about things that you can or maybe should not use on your skin if you're going to get pregnant. So, you know, we can go through some of the common skin ingredients, the things that are in your skin care, and, uh, you know, see what you think. I mean, the number one thing that we just mentioned are the retinoids, the vitamin A drugs, which you really do want to stay away from, both orally and, in my opinion, also topically. Topically means you put it on your skin. So how about things called parabens? Parabens are, well, they are preservatives. They're the most commonly used preservative. Uh, I think there was a survey about two years ago and they showed that something like 60-something percent of skincare products had at least one paraben in them. That's pretty bad because parabens are known endocrine disruptors. And what's an endocrine disruptor? It's something that acts like a hormone, in this case estrogen. And there was a study way back in the early 2000s that showed uh, a high number of breast cancer cells had parabens in them. Uh, that doesn't prove they caused it, but uh, there's enough evidence, there's enough smoke uh, in this field to, uh, to say that parabens, they simulate the effects of estrogen. Estrogen uh, can stimulate breast cancers. I'm really afraid of using parabens, to be honest with you. And they are on the list to be banned by the FDA, but boy, they don't take, uh, they don't, uh, take this uh, seriously enough because uh, they're on the market for a long time. So paraben esters, there's no question that they're endocrine disruptors. This information came out along long time ago. In fact, I guess it was 2004 that the first measurement of parabens in breast cancer cells was uh, performed. Isn't that something? We're talking about 16 years, 17 years ago now, uh, and they're still on the market. So parabens, they are something that I would advise you if you are pregnant or thinking of becoming pregnant, read the labels. There are four common parabens. They all have the word paraben in their name. Read those. And don't use parabens if you're pregnant. That's my advice. Uh, you know, I don't think you should be using parabens. I don't think you should be using retinoids if you're pregnant. Okay, so that's another one on the list. How about other things? How about how about estrogens on your? Well, that's an easy one. You do not want to use estrogen on your skin if you're pregnant. Of course you don't. You probably don't want to use estrogen on your skin if you're not pregnant, even though it really does have rejuvenating effects. But the problem with estrogen is you put it on your skin and it gets absorbed in your body and there's a linear relationship between estrogens and breast cancer. Uh, so you know the story there. I was on the Oz Show talking about this one. You don't want to be using estrogen on your skin. So that's an easy one in pregnancy. Uh, you don't want to do that. Okay, how about, how about titanium dioxide? How about it? Well, you know, that's very common. It's one of the non uh, absorbable sunscreens, right? There's the chemical sunscreens and the physical sunscreens, zinc oxide and titanium dioxide. They are the ones that sit on the surface of the skin and reflect light. So, you know, they won't get absorbed in your body, right? Well, certainly there are substances, there are drugs and things that have titanium dioxide in them. And so people eat these uh, chemicals sometimes. So titanium dioxide, it turns out if you eat the nanoparticles, how can you possibly know if there's a nanoparticle in your food? Well, you can't. So look for ingredients. It's an allowable additive to food. My advice, if you're pregnant, you do not want to use titanium 
dioxide, there's no question, no question that it poses risks to fetal health. Okay, so titanium dioxide. But what about putting it on your skin? So here's the story. All the studies that mean anything show that even nanoparticle titanium dioxide and nanoparticle zinc oxide do not get absorbed through the skin, cannot be measured in the blood, and certainly in the fetus. Having said that, I like to err on the conservative side. I really do. And if you were my family member, I'd say no nanoparticles while you're pregnant with titanium dioxide and zinc oxide. So how do you find the non-nanoparticles? Well, they should be labeled. So if there's a nanoparticle, uh, it probably will say it. And if it doesn't say it, it probably has nanoparticles because I say micronized in my product. Micronized means it's a particle that's bigger than a nanoparticle and it, does, it definitely doesn't get absorbed in your body. So I'm not at all worried about zinc oxide in the micronized form. Okay, so we have uh, you know another one to stay away from. How about how about all these products with cannabis? Oh my God, this is the 2020 was the year of cannabis, right? 2019, 20. Everybody thinks putting marijuana, and that's a bad word now. Now it's cannabis, marijuana in everything on earth, from food to skincare products to you know conditioner, everything. Uh, well, they think uh, you know it's wonderful, does no harm. Well, it turns out. Not true. It turns out 12% uh, of people use cannabis before. That's a lot of people. 3% of people, this was in Northern California, they surveyed people uh, 2018, 2019. 3% used it dur during pregnancy. That's not smart. Come on. You don't use cigarettes and you don't use cannabis in pregnancy. Uh, I don't know about this. Vaping, edibles, lotions. 11% of people in pregnancy use lotions. Oh, my goodness. With cannabis, you know, the honest truth is no one knows what this stuff does yet in pregnancy. So if you don't know, just stay away from it. Just stay away from it. That's my answer. You know, in 10 or 20 or 30 years, we'll find out what it actually did. Your kid's 30 years old by then. All right. How about these new, the new retinoids? You know, we talked about the old ones, Retin-A, Retin-All, things like that. There's a whole new generation, uh, Adapalene, things like that. What about that? Well, again, we're going to say, even the, the experts do say that they're not absorbed in the body, not good enough for me. I'm sorry. Stay away from these, in my opinion. So many times preliminary studies come out, and they show one thing, and then three or five years later, in the journal Birth Defects Research, they document something completely different. So in December of 2020, there was an article in the, you, you read that journal, right? Birth Defects Research, we all read that. Uh, Risk Management of Teratogenic Medicines, a systemic review, systematic review rather. Uh, they looked at everything. They looked at everything. And you know what? There's a lot of things that cause birth defects. There really are. In my opinion, just stay away from as many things as you can. You know, things like, uh, uh, you know, we, we talked about, you know, the vitamin A drugs, you know, the estrogen drugs, uh, things like warfarin. You know, it's a blood thinner. It can cause uh, birth defects. It can. Uh, you know, we knew about thalidomide. That's not being used now. Lithium, you know, anti-seizure medicine. There's all sorts of things that cause birth defects. Now, these are not usually put on the skin. They're usually eaten. My attitude during pregnancy is you want to do as little as possible with drugs. Be in touch with not only your gynecologist, but your internist. 
uh, and you sure don't want to use these things, uh, the drugs that are known to cause problems, of, of which, you know, the acne drugs like retinoids, they are number one on the list. So, you know, don't, don't do that. How about vitamin C? You know, vitamin C is a very, very commonly used skincare drug. We're going to talk about it. It is a drug. It really is. We eat it. We put it on our skin. And after our break, we'll talk about vitamin C. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. 800-321-0710 is the phone number here at WOR. Give me a call. We've got one more segment to the show. We'll be back after these words. Did you know that most skincare is useless, even fraudulent, and often toxic? I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. I needed great skincare for my patients, but really could not find products that dramatically improve skin health. So I went to the books and I created a line of skincare that reduces the appearance of wrinkles and truly rejuvenates skin. I want everyone to try my products, and so for a limited time, I'm offering my Beauty in a Bottle Nighttime Serum at a great price. Normally, this is $65, but for WOR listeners, it's $40 plus shipping. Nighttime contains vitamins C and A, fruit acids, antioxidants, and skin brighteners. That's all you need for beautiful skin. It's so simple that your friends and relatives will be asking you, what are you doing to look so good? Go to drperrys.com, that's D-R-P-E-R-R-Y-S.com, or give us a call at 844-DR-PERRY. Use the WOR20 code for the discount. To learn more, listen every Saturday evening, 6 p.m., right here on WOR. Ladies, are you looking older than you feel? I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. Aging is inevitable. We all know that, but I can help you age gracefully. I start with Botox to lessen frown lines, and I use the new Restylane Kiss. What a great name! To, well, you know, give you more kissable lips. No duck lips here. And I smooth the jawline and plump marionette lines with Juvederm. We might remove unsightly blemishes or even reduce splotchiness and rejuvenate the skin with a chemical or laser peel, or I can thicken crepey skin with Althera. And for the most dramatic rejuvenation, I perform short scar face and neck lifts. Let's sit down in my Somerset, New Jersey, or Beverly Hills offices for an hour consultation and come up with a plan to help you look better. Give me a call at 833-PERRY-MD. That's 833-P-E-R-R-Y-M-D. Check me out on the web at perryplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me, Dr. Arthur Perry, every Saturday evening at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? And we're back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR, the phone number 800-321-0710. We've got Diana on the line. Diana, what can I do for you? What is your wrinkle? Hi. Um, can you discuss the tumescent uh, liposuction I read on your website? Will it help to control or remove some cellulite and tighten the skin? All right. the so, so first of all, Diana, how old are you? Fifty in my brain, but seventy-two in my body. You're fifty in your brain and seventy-two mm -hmm. in your body. Okay. And what area would you like suctioned? Oh, the thighs. The thighs. Okay. Are you healthy? Yeah. 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 Okay. No Diabetes, drugs. heart disease. It sound like a commercial. You don't have any of those yeah. things, right? You okay no, with that? No. Good. Okay. Yeah, All right. Yeah, I'm good. So let's talk. Let's talk about. Pills. So it's liposuction to the rest of you. It's liposuction to me, but we won't get into that. Uh, but it's fat removal for all of us, and it's the uh, second most common procedure in all of plastic surgery. Some years it's number one. Last year it was number two behind breast augmentation, which is the perennial leader. Uh, but 
Liposuction is such a great procedure. I do liposuction almost every week. It's an integral part of not just procedures that remove fat, but it's an integral part of every facelift I do and every tummy tuck I do and every breast reduction for the most part. It's a very, very good procedure because through little tiny incisions, I can remove fat. Now, the essence of, of tumescent suction, tumescent liposuction, is that it's actually a very old concept. Uh, in the early, let me bring you back to the early days of liposuction. It, was, it came out of France in 1983. I started doing it in 1985. I was in high school at the time, but uh, I started doing liposuction. I was a resident at the time. You can't do it as a high school student unless it's an animal. But <laughs> all right. Anyway, we'll get we'll get straight with this story. So 1985, back in those days, what we did was we just put this tube in. We broke up the fat. We suctioned uh, out fat. And it bled a lot. It really bled a lot. So we can only do small areas because we'd lose a couple of units of blood just suctioning the thighs. So someone got a very smart idea. I don't remember who published this first paper to introduce a dilute solution containing epinephrine, which is adrenaline, which cuts way down on the bleeding. And so uh, we started putting a little bit in, then we started putting a lot in. And to tumes tissue, the word tumes means to swell. So we swell the tissue with uh, this solution. I use salt water, intravenous solution, because I do most of these under general anesthesia. Uh, and I put uh, epinephrine in it, and it cuts way down on the bleeding, and it allows us to use, to suction easily five times as much fat as we used to with losing the same amount of blood. So now I might suction the outer thighs, the inner thighs, the knees, the hips, and lose maybe a unit of blood, and you say, wow, that's a lot of blood. But if you donate that to the Red Cross, they give you some cookies, they give you some apple juice, and you drive home with one unit of loss. So, uh, yeah, you, you know, your thighs turn purple. They look like an eggplant afterwards. But it's very, very safe. Up to about 10 pounds of fat I can suction. 10 pounds without you having to stay over in the hospital. My attitude is if we're going over 10 pounds, probably you should be on a diet, by the way. But if we are going over 10 pounds, there are some select people that we do that large volume liposuction. I do it in the hospital and keep you overnight with a catheter in your bladder and an IV in you, and that's how we keep it safe. Okay, so tumescent liposuction does two things for me as a plastic surgeon and one thing for you. Two things for me, it makes the surgery easier, mechanically easier. The, uh, the cannula, which is the tube that I put in and suction fat out, actually goes in and out easier. It's almost lubricated with the solution. And the tumescent solution cuts way down on bleeding. Now, some people add lidocaine to that solution. And I have... Uh, kind of been an expert in this field you know you don't want to call yourself uh, an expert unless you are but hey what can I say I published a paper way back about 20 years ago on the safety of suction and what I what I said was that you shouldn't put lidocaine in the solution because there were about 500 deaths actually about 500 deaths from lidocaine toxicity. And most of the time, it's just simply unnecessary because people do this under general anesthesia. So I published a paper and presented it at the uh, American uh, Society of Plastic Surgeons meeting in Boston. And, uh, and I did uh, think that it got a lot of people to change their technique. And li uh, liposuction has been significantly safer since then. 
since the uh, the worst time for liposuction was probably the early 1990s, mid 1990s. It was, and then late 1990s. It was almost a race how much people could suction out and how much lidocaine could be safely injected. People were using five times the safe dose of lidocaine, and they were saying, "Well, we can get away with that." Except, you know, when I hear a doctor say I can get away with something, that's a big red flag in my head. I don't want anyone who gets away with something. I want someone that does a procedure that's uniformly safe. And so I use lidocaine only if I'm doing suction under local anesthesia. And that means I'm only doing maybe the neck liposuction or the knees or maybe the cankles. I did some cankles under local anesthesia a few weeks ago. And you know what cankles are? They're the, that's fatty ankles, right? So it's a nice area of the body that we can do under local anesthesia. But if you're doing your thighs, if you're doing your inner thighs, outer thighs, and by the way, you're not too old for it. 72 is not too old for the outer thigh, by the way. Yeah, be, the saddlebags as well. Now, yeah, will that yeah. tighten skin as well? Well, you know, it, it will tighten. There are forgiving areas of the body and unforgiving areas of the body that we suction. So that means the outer thighs are pretty forgiving. They really are. But the inner thighs are not forgiving. And that means... We have to be very careful when we do the inner thighs because if we do the inner thighs, we can get uh, little depressions and maybe hanging skin, and it doesn't look so good if you're 72. So I would be hard-pressed to do suction of the inner thighs uh, at age 72, but I have done it in women your age, the outer thighs, and that makes a big impact both in and out of clothing. All right, thank you so much for the phone call. I've got to get to these last couple uh, of things that you should or should not do during a pregnancy. Thank you for the phone call. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. We're back to vitamin C. What about vitamin C? Can you put it on your skin? Uh, I think vitamin C is safe in pregnancy, and in fact, it's given to lots of people. It's supplemented to pregnant women, particularly pregnant smokers, yeah, really, you know, you should never smoke when you're pregnant. But it actually improves the pulmonary function of the newborn fetus, the baby, if the pregnant woman is given vitamin C, 500 milligrams during the day. Now, remember, I'm not giving you specific advice in this show, but I am quoting a paper. So vitamin C supplementation is healthy during pregnancy. Vitamin A supplementation is not. So vitamin C you can take. But again, I'm not a gynecologist, so talk to your gynecologist first. Okay, well, how about how about multivitamins? Of course, you know, you're going to want to take a multivitamin. How about the nicotinamide? That's vitamin B3. It's a very, very good drug for photoprotection. It helps decrease skin cancers. What about using it in pregnancy? Well, the studies just aren't there. So if the studies aren't there, I would not do it. It's probably going to be safe. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do anything. Herbs of all types, don't do it. So, uh, you know, they, uh, they did a study of Italian women, and it, took, it turned out that something like half of Italian women took these herbs during pregnancy. I don't know. The Italian babies seemed healthy, but I would not recommend it. All right, that's enough of that. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. Noah starts waving his arms. Wrap up the show, he says. We only have one hour for this. I could do it too, maybe three hours. <laughs> I could talk a long time, and I think those of you who know me know that's true. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. When you are bored this week, go to my website, periplasticsurgery.com. It's, it's an epidemic. You're still at home. Go to periplasticsurgery.com. Check out the website. If you haven't purchased my book yet, you know you can actually still get it on Amazon. It's really amazing. It's like a dollar. <laughs> you know when your book hits a dollar, it's time to write a new one. So I am writing a new one now. Uh, yeah, it's true. That It's true. 
that's when I wrote my book. When my previous book hit a dollar, I knew it was time to, uh, <laughs> to write a new one. So check out periplasticsurgery.com. Go to facebook.com slash Dr. Arthur Perry. And for those of you who want to buy that clean time soap, and you'll tell me that it was the best soap you've ever used, go to drperrys.com. You can buy it on amazon.com also. I think you pay a little more on Amazon, but they have unquestionable uh, refunds. You know, you won't want to refund the money. It's a great soap. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. The music means get out of the studio. Noah, thanks so much for great engineering. We'll be back next week broadcasting from Beverly Hills next week. It'll be sunny and 80. Actually, it's really cold and wet there. Okay, thanks, Noah. We'll see everybody next week. Bye-bye now.